Ladies and gentlemen, and all that's in between, welcome back to another episode of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. I'm really excited to get this one to you. It's been a little while, took a couple weeks off, uh, lots of technical difficulties on my end. Yeah, it's kind of been like a constant theme for me, and throughout this episode as well. You will hear about that, me having some battery issue, and I thought the episode was going to turn out a bit choppy, but through the magic of editing, it's not too bad. But you will hear me throughout the show uh, apologizing to my guests. And what a fucking awesome group of people I have in today. Um, Where do I start? Um, First up, we got my boy, Corey Stokes. Um, He is a professional animator, and he works on many television shows, uh, mostly uh, been specializing in some children's programs, Arthur, Tom and Jerry, and this current one called Dots on CBC. And it's super fun to get his perspective on everything, because even though he makes family-friendly shows, he's not the... He's not the most PC guy. I know. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's awesome to pick his brain a bit. And he also brought in two lovely ladies. One is a person he collaborates with. Her name is Leah Solis. <laughs> and she is a producer at Solis Animation. And they've done things for Comedy Central, Much Music, uh, worked on a show called, called Ugly Americans, uh, had a guy working in their studio who worked on F is for Family, and Corey and Leah both uh, collaborated and worked on the legendary Gord Downey's Secret Path. And last but not least, we have Julia Shanter in the building. Um, she is Corey's girlfriend and a mutual friend of my girlfriend. She works in in uh, book publishing and this uh entire episode is just a bunch of random topics and it's cool to hear just everybody's uh different perspective as like Corey as an animator leah as a producer julia as a publisher and then i even threw in like a little bit of the the comedy life and videography shit and we noticed like a lot of things tend to overlap and uh yeah it's cool i'm not gonna like talk about it too much now because you will hear it on the show and right before we get into that i have to give some special shout outs and dedications to a handful of new people who like the facebook page today and uh have been totally supportive of the creative and balanced podcast so first up sean goodwin thanks for hitting that like Another shout out to Ian J Block. I don't know if J Block's your real last name, but it sounds hard as fuck, which pretty much gives this show a lot of fucking street cred. Maybe down the road I can get like Suge Knight or somebody badass like that as a guest. And also speaking of hip hop, another big shout out to Christian Smith, who also liked the page. He is also a content creator himself, and he does media and interviews for the battle rap scene in Toronto. So if you want to learn more about these awesome lyrical warriors, you can check out Christian Smith's work at Witty Smitty News on YouTube. And also a final shout out to Andrea Hunter. Andrea is a skilled artist slash photographer. 
She runs a brand called Dead Glamour Girls. Girls is spelt with a Z. It's mixed with like horror and like hot chicks, and it's super cool. And I'm a big fan of her work, and she's actually going to be a guest on the show in a future time. And she's also worked on a video with uh, past Creative and Balance alumni, the band Voltang. She has done visuals for uh, their latest uh, lyrical video, which you can find if you just search Voltang on YouTube. And also, I lied, there is one more dedication, and that is to my girlfriend, Lacey McMaster. She uh, introduced me to Julia, and um, that's how I became friends with Julia and Corey uh, about four or five years ago. And then it just spawned, and like uh, now we're here in the Girth Radio studio. And right now, you are about to be a fly on the wall for a conversation of some dynamic, weird, awesome weird knowledgeable super weird people let's go Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bear Cave. Um, long story short, I'm a fucking idiot. Um, so we recorded like a good like half hour show, amazing with my wonderful guests, and um, the battery ended up just dying, and I lost the episode. It's just gone. <laughs> So I apologize. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Just start this thing over. Let's do it. So we're here with the wolf, man. <laughs> Introduce yourself, man. Well, uh, so my name is Corey Stokes. Um, so normally on Sean's show, I'd just like to say that his guests are usually a little bit drunk by the end of the show, but we're all like a couple of drinks in at this point because of uh, the loss of the first half of the recording. So yeah, like yeah. preface the show with that. Usually like... Our guests, or, or I mean, our our listeners, or I like to imagine they gradually drink with us, but yep. that just makes me sleep. So well please at night. catch up and like, chug Take two beers right now. <laughs> yes, right now. yes. <laughs> so yeah, I'm Corey Stokes. I'm an animator. I've been in the animation for about eight years now. Um, worked on a lot of different stuff, mostly children's television, and yeah. That's the Sean invited me on. Yeah, and thank you for saying that for a second time. I love you, brother. (laughs) (laughs) And madam? Uh, My name's Leah, and I'm an animation producer at a small boutique animation studio called Solace Animation Inc. um, here in Toronto. And we've hired Corey to do some animation for us on a few projects, so that's how I know Corey. Yay. And Miss Julia? Hey, I'm Julia. I do not work in animation. Rather, I work in uh, book publishing in Toronto. And I'm here because uh, I'm Corey's girlfriend. And And also, I need to explain, Corey brought this magnificent megaphone gun. And you just switch the animal noises and... (laughs) I know, like, I'm not, like, one of those morning shows or whatever, but... (laughs) 
It's happening right now, guys. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't have fart sounds or burp sounds or anything like that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> we just yeah. had someone confiscate the sound effects. Just yeah, so that's like, we're like this is it's getting out popular. of control. You guys missed the uh, the warm up episode, <laughs> which is lost in the Actually, abyss. Yeah. We're just gonna try and rehash everything that we just said. Yeah. Is it considered an unfair advantage that we had a warm up episode to your other guests? Or oh, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what we were talking about, Corey works on children's shows and across the table. Uh, Leia, she works on uh, some yeah. adult shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, uh, just you know, the Cana- the industry here in Toronto, uh, the animation industry, uh, very uh, children's programming based. I mean, there's a lot of work in children's programming, um, but our little studio uh, tends to handle a lot of adult-oriented stuff. Um, yeah, we've worked on certain shows for Comedy Central. Um, we're closely tied with um, Og and Bluke Studios out in Brooklyn, so we've got to work on Ugly Americans way back when and uh, that was a lot of fun. Worked on Moonbeam City, which was which uh, I don't know if it still cool. airs on much, but that's that that was um, a fun show to work on. And we worked on Secret Path just uh, not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, Gore Downey. Uh, Gore Downey, yeah, which was a which was yeah. an honor. Yeah, and you're like in the ties with F is for Family and everything. Um, and one of our animators um, that uh, works for us uh, quite often was working on that for a little bit. Um, yeah. Because uh, one of the other studios in Toronto is handling that show. Yeah, that's huge, Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. We it, wish, we wish mm-hmm. we could do that. And Corey, what have you been working on? Well, um, right now I'm working on a show called Dot. It's on CBC. It's being produced by uh, Industrial Brothers. Actually, about a two-minute walk down the street from here. Mm-hmm. Um, just before that, as Leah said, um, I was on Secret Path with them for a bit, which was really cool, or like an honor to work on. It's sort of a really, um, really sort of a powerful, emotional sort of story to, to be yeah. able to be a part of, which was really cool. Um, just before that, I was on Tom and Jerry. Um, which is like a two thousand year old uh, <laughs> franchise. So. It's like the first cartoon. It's yeah. It's, it's like of, or the yeah, second. Like, like there's Steamboat Mickey, right? Nineteen forty, and then that. Yeah, nineteen forty eight was the first episode of Tom and Jerry. Wow. So it's like quite bringing, a bringing joy to kids from all generations. Yeah, yeah, and old people now too. I guess probably so. A lot of old people probably. Watch That's got to be so. like a trip to work on that too. Yeah, maybe. yeah. It was. It was actually kind of like I'm kind of. Um, maybe I should be ashamed to admit like I didn't really watch a lot of Tom and Jerry when I was a kid mm-hmm. I was really into Looney Tunes but uh, I did watch some Tom and Jerry but it wasn't really like the thing I watched all the time but um, when I started on the show when I knew I was going to be working on it I just started re-watching and going back and watching all of the like old different iterations of the show and it has been on a journey that show like it is has gone through so many changes and it's just it is a really great sort of treasure trove to dig into as an animator yeah, like, almost like is it like just with the times of humanity type of thing like um, is it almost like the disney thing where like if you go like too far back you're like oh my god that's racist uh yes so there are some like very there's a lot of questionable material from like our vantage point today if you look back on on like all of the basic basically all of the old like if you look at tom and jerry looney tunes any disney stuff like you're gonna see some stuff that from our point today it's gonna look very bizarre and sort of questionable and inappropriate i guess i find like it's going in full circle 
circle like people are trying to make pc shows and stuff so like <laughs> as an example like arthur you work on yeah and we talked about this before i fucked up and lost the goddamn episode <laughs> but um just for the record that was about 45 minutes that we uh, that we lost and it, it was, was great it was a good episode but i asked episode i asked Corey like what he thought about all these memes of arthur but now it seems like times are like they're trying to make them wholesome, but then the internet turns them into racism. <laughs> yeah, <and> interesting. <laughs> like it's just this big vicious cycle that that's you can't interesting. Get out of. That's an interesting perspective, I think, because I think a lot of the stuff that that people say, even outside of animation, I'm not going to like change the topic for the whole show, but like even yeah. stuff that people say, like you're in comedy, you're in the comedy mm-hmm. business or comedy practice or comedy. I say I dabble in it. <laughs> I say I'm a professional a or anything. Like, I've, tr- I've done it a couple times. You're, you're great. And like, it's a, that's a really, to be a stand-up comedian, especially I think right now is like, I can only imagine how difficult. It's, it's um, I find it more weird, like, because sometimes you can say something in one room. Yeah. And this is the worst if it's, like, the first time you said this joke and it kills. You're like, wow, that's, like, that's going to be my go-to. And then you go to, like, another room and it's just different people and they're not having it at all. (laughs) And you feel like a terrible person. You're like, oh, like, I'm evil for, like, writing that. And then... It's just I don't I've know. Heard that, it's, I've heard that crazy. a lot from from different comedians. Like university campuses are very different now than they used to be for performing for a stand-up comedian. Yeah, and it, like I'm a very amateur at it too. And this is something that I'm learning right now. It's to not like trip out like when they're not feeling your set and yeah. freak out. It's more like okay, you're not. They're not feeling it. Just go through the Let's motions. Where before it's just like i'd have these mental freakouts it's like okay how can i change this yeah. but there's nothing really you can do like i'm not prepared for it i've not catered to these people's type of humor or whatever yeah. and you're gonna be like it's just kind of like throwing a wrench in the gears but you try even more or like try to shift it and then it makes it even more awkward and it's like <laughs> you're just dying yeah. up there it's just falling you can it's, at least maybe look forward to the current set being like a, a a bit in the future for how poorly you can <laughs> you can perform on stage like yeah definitely you can make fun of it and you bounce back or whatever i feel like like I don't want to make this episode about me. Like I brought you guys in here for a <laughs> fucking reason. But if anybody's like aspiring to do comedy, like I felt like I got lucky at the beginning stages because I had a handful of stuff that went really well, and just I don't know. Like when I'm at home, I'm kind of an introvert, so it was like kind of like expressing a different side of myself, and the feeling of when you're killing on stage is like nothing i ever felt in my life and i wish i could like give that to people as like a gift but then like having that (laughs) feeling and going to like sets where i just fucking straight out bomb it still like made me want to come back because it's like yo i want to experience even though like this sucked and you go home and you're like yo i suck (laughs) and shit like that you're like no i can do this and i have a bipolar career like yeah it's fucked it's like it's it's probably not healthy to be a (laughs) stand-up comedian is there anything that 
makes you guys feel unhealthy being in the animated oh, oh wow business <laughs> <laughs> everything or publishing julia so we so let's just to recap we have an animator myself an animation producer leah and somebody who works in publishing julia so uh, if we all want to go around the table, I guess, and and, uh, and mention unhealthy aspects of our careers. Yeah, let's let's go there. Let's get dark. Let's, let's start with publishing. How unhealthy? <laughs> get, get deep. <laughs> I don't know if this is true of all creative professions, but one thing that's, that I've definitely found in publishing, and I've worked at a few different companies, is that uh, so in publishing you don't get paid anything because it's an industry that like. It's not like it's not a growing one and everybody's tight and their budgets are tight and stuff. So there's sort of an expectation that you're only you're you're there and you're working because you love it. And that's the Mm -hmm. that's the main driver behind like your your career is like you love books, you love literature, you love like helping people like sharing stories with the world. Therefore, you must be willing to work all weekend or like <laughs> yeah. willing to work until or overtime. nine o'clock or, or take on projects that are, you know, more like maybe isn't, shouldn't be your job or, you know, that sort of thing. So that's definitely, I think, an unhealthy thing that that is like not true across the board, but certainly true, I think. In yeah. Some in cases certain in circles of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, well, I do love this, but, you know, I do get paid very little to do it and you're taking advantage of this idea that i must love it sometimes i don't know yeah i don't know i, I, I i'm sure they take what like, you love and turn it into something you well, hate. It's like they, just, <laughs> yeah. they can use it against you in some ways do you find that it's sometimes. like that that is common with every place you work at or is that in publishing is that like a no i don't think it's true depends on the, the board it, it depends on managers of course like i won't like it's 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 I think that it's always sort of there though that like you wouldn't be here unless you really love this and mm. so therefore I, I I'm not trying to paint like publishing <laughs> like, a terrible industry, but I'm sure like a lot of creative industries, like there's not always a lot of money for creators in the world and so mm. there is sort of that dependence that you're doing it because you love it and not for the money and then that can be used to take advantage of yeah and they that's like in like a lot of like industries yeah yeah i'm sure that's true i don't know it's crazy (laughs) yeah it's tough because you are there because you love it for part of it yeah (laughs) (laughs) like for part of it yeah right um i don't know i think it's similar in similar in uh animation the Um, hours yeah um because I feel sometimes clients, uh, because of misconceptions of animation, are not un- fully understanding what goes into, you know, producing um, animated content. Um, it is very time-consuming, and so, you know, um, you'll get revisions uh, in like the last week <laughs> of yeah. having to submit something, and you're like, uh, I'm not going to be able to do this. Um, yeah. Yet, you know, there's still that expectation. So I think, yeah, it's just yeah, a lot of time, um, very demanding. Uh, time for sure yeah it's interesting hearing hearing it from like a from your side of it because like if like like animators behind the desk like getting instructions from the company they work for but that also came from the client before that so like yeah it seems like uh for the most part i guess places i've worked at like you'll you'll run into stuff like that but um it's like it's usually when I think if you're on the freelance circuit, it's kind of like you're more likely to run into people who, like you were saying, Julia, like who who will take advantage of your like 
your like uh, expectation, your expectation to love what you're doing. And like, I haven't had a lot of this. Like I haven't worked a lot of freelance, like not working for a company for a contract or whatever, but like, I know a lot of people who do freelance and it does sound like this sort of, um, like you do, you do occasionally get this, Oh, you'll get uh, a lot of recognition from this project. Yeah, so exposure. a lot of exposure. Yeah. So, you know, work for two weeks on this thing and, and we'll pay you for a couple of days and you'll have to do all the revisions for it and mm-hmm. look after everything. So like, I can't speak personally to exactly like to big cases of that happening, but like, um, there is, I don't know if you spend the time training, to be an animator going getting the education and like you probably do have some kind of uh, like a personal passion yeah to yeah the field right and like you should keep an eye out for people who want to take advantage of that but you should also maybe be um like if it is a personal project or something like you know don't feel like um afraid to dive into that like i don't think you should be taken advantage of you should always be um uh, compensated but mm-hmm. um but yeah it is a field where like occasionally you're gonna be pulling really long hours and yeah definitely. if you're on something that demands that then and can i cut this for a second yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the tiger cage <laughs> this is like the choppiest episode i ever done. <laughs> just battery issues and blah 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 but you ended off on like a good point where like just something for people to look out for yeah in any i think it's just not in animations any creative a, industry yeah that just the people with the checkbook they'll try to get as much out of you as they can yeah and just be just be in touch with like what you are comfortable with i think is maybe i don't i don't i don't like giving advice to people in general but like as a creative person, like if you are trying to make a career out of whatever your talent is, just be aware of what you want out of it. Be aware of what you're comfortable with and like stand up for that, basically. Like if you're willing to, you know, like entrepreneurs in in all kinds of different fields, like work crazy hours. And if that's what you're getting into, awesome, do it. But like, if that's not what you're comfortable with, don't do it and move on to find something else. Like don't let people take advantage of it. Yeah, definitely. Don't stick around too long. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I quit. Yeah. No, don't, I wouldn't say quit, but (laughs) just, uh, jump into a different circle with your passion. If you find that somebody's taking it too far. And I find like, I've done that once in a while. And, my initial step it's like oh my god is this a step back i'm leaving this and then i realize sometimes it takes one step back to make yeah 10 step forwards yeah. or whatever but again it's tricky like it's kind of a weird contradiction if you're all in then you're all in and that's awesome but like if you're not then don't let someone try and take that from you mm-hmm. like if you i don't know occasionally people will take on avenger that's like that's going to demand insane hours but yeah. like if you take that on that's what you've done so it's just, I don't know, it's every individual basis, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's our own trials. Yeah. <laughs> Journeys. These are the days of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I need to play some emotional music. Right now. <laughs> 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 yeah. So you guys were uh, telling me off the mic some cool shit you guys kind of do. You guys mic each other while you're in the office. Oh, like, yeah, at our studio. Um, 
you know, we find like while we're working on a project or whatever, you just can't help but, you know, talk to each other about the last episode of Westworld or, <laughs> you know, something silly. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, you know, because you have so many creative people there, um, you end up with these really funny, silly conversations that you wish you could just record and keep forever. And so essentially we've tried to start doing that. So we would mic up the studio, record some of these bits of conversation, and we have actually started to animate to them. It's so awesome. We have this YouTube channel called Office Shit Chat, which is, um, I think that term was Subscribe. coined. Subscribe. I think, yeah, it, mm-hmm. I think it was coined by Corey, actually. Well, while I in won't, the studio. but yes. Still collecting royalties. <laughs> to be modest. <laughs> dollar, you know. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun, because at least that's something independent that we get to do on our own time, and um, so sometimes it is kind of tough to find the time to do that while you're working on something else that actually makes you money. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is important just to, just to it's, keep at it. It's so it. much fun. It's honestly like, I miss, I miss that a lot since yeah. I left your guys' studio. <laughs> oh. It was like, well, you can come by anytime. It's a really cool yeah, just thing that you guys grab a mic and yeah. <laughs> sit yeah. down. Well, it's great. It's like, it's like near the end of the workday, we'll just, they'll just like set up all these mics and everybody sort of uh, puts their seats around in a circle and there's like what, six to eight people. It can be. Between, yeah, can be well, that. four to eight people depending on, and, like who's there that day or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah and we all just like sit around and we have some snacks and some drinks yeah, and sometimes we, we'll play balderdash or something sometimes <laughs> yeah just for like for like creative uh, inspiration or something weird topics that come up but like we'll sometimes they'll pick like a theme like the one i was on was like uh, considering alternate endings for like big hollywood movies and so we'll bring up one movie at a time and everybody will just like riff on like what they think could have been an alternate ending for that movie and it was like that's just so much fun that's sick and then it's animated afterwards yeah, which yeah. is just amazing and Leah does all it's of the very silly yeah all I mean, the audio like collection afterwards yeah, that's the always fun to re-listen to an entire <laughs> you know two hours of conversation and try and whittle it down yeah. to like a minute and, and it seems like what <laughs> you it's great it makes us seem real smart <laughs> it does yeah it's like everything's just sort of snappy and but it's insane I think that what you see on on their site what you end up seeing um, Leah has actually created like four potential versions of that in her editing like you have to go through and like collect find the the funny bits and like find the things that work and yeah it's a, it's lot, a lot of fun of, lot like yeah. to, to have so many funny people in the studios is a lot of fun to a lot of fun to work with yeah is it all a bunch of Corey's or is everybody just like a different because <laughs> Corey's like the only like Corey I know <laughs> Like I know people with that name, yeah. but he is like the He's Corey essence. of it's the only Corey. Essence. The Corey, like you know, he's just his own guy. It's cool. Yeah, that's I mean that's that's great because <laughs> everybody sort of has their own personality going into it. And yeah, like everybody has their own take with things, and so just having that amalgamation of yeah, I'd say you guys have recruited things. a pretty good cast in that yeah. studio there. We're very lucky. It's great people in there. Yeah. And do you guys ever forget like just the mics on? <laughs> Yes. Try to. Try yeah. to. <laughs> I stealthily mic everyone up without yeah. them knowing. Yeah, yeah. Just hit record. It seems like it, though. And the way it's animated, I really like There's a few episodes where you try and... Uh, you, you, the the set, a lot of the time, is live action um, photo or video with, with um, animation on top of it. Um, and so it's composited in, and it is actually the work environment. It is the studio. And so it is like... I really like that it, it's like sort of just a casual, natural sounding and looking environment with like 
ridiculous looking characters in it because like they'll do an episode with it's where they're all we're all cats or we're all superheroes or oh, that's pretty like sick potato chips or yeah i don't know yeah they're like, like couch potatoes blobs. yeah there were these blobs and one of those things you just gotta see it. that was great though and it's like it's just banter around the office that that decides what it's going to look like which is so much fun like that's the best yeah that's good and it's kind of like gets you away from like maybe if you're say doing an episode of Arthur and you're repetitively like just like animating like an arm moving you know like all afternoon and yeah. then just to do something fun with your peers and yeah 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 it would be it's kind of like a reset button yeah yeah you kind of at the end of the day on a Friday just sort of like um, pick a totally unrelated topic to what you've been working on together and just sort of riff on that I guess it's a nice so. palate cleanser yeah, yeah, yeah I guess so. and it's and, important. And you guys go to see movies quite a bit and everything, so you've always got like. Well, we went to see Jack Reacher too recently. We did. <laughs> that was sort of like a <laughs> like a crew wrap up party. We all party. got together. We went, to, went to go see Jack Reacher too. We kind of purposely see. Um, I mean, because <laughs> Doctor Strange was out as well, which I'm sure was great. Yeah, but you don't want to see the best movie. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a great movie, actually. Jack Reacher too was fantastic. Great, a lot of good, a lot of. Uh, good stuff came out of that one <laughs> yeah i'm i'm picking that one up yeah like i don't know if you guys are being sarcastic <laughs> which is which is kind of cool like, i don't want to get tom you guys are so like, mysterious yeah. <laughs> <laughs> banging on the glass or something yeah yeah it was i don't know have you seen it no i haven't have you seen the original no my, my dad has a stack of all the books so he's like going oh, awesome. into that stuff and uh tom clancy shit too oh, yeah. so I, I know he's like all hype for it but i don't know i haven't jumped on the train like you know how you just don't want to do what your parents are doing type of thing <laughs> yeah i think it goes down to that but i've never thought of it that way till right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah my dad definitely was not an animator yeah i could say that <laughs> Yeah, definitely. My uh, my parents weren't podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rebelling. I'm rebelling. Yeah, I'm, I'm rebelling. Podcast. Yo, podcast's been out for two years, bro. <laughs> Shut up! I'm a rebel. <laughs> I'm different. <laughs> Fuck you, mom. Actually, I love you. If you're listening, <laughs> probably not, but love Sarcasm. you. Sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad about losing that episode, though. We it's had like good. such we had good comic like, book talk. Oh, whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah that's right. And Sean's a big fan, apparently. Of, yeah, uh, I was. I was crossovers. I was telling them. Uh, kind of, I think it spawned off Corey telling me about Tom and Jerry and Arthur, thinking of nostalgia, and. Um, once in a while, I'd go to the Silver Snail comic shop to buy a coffee. And not a comic, surprisingly. <laughs> mm. But I'd walk around, I'd look around. But all of a sudden, like three months ago, I have been addicted to comics. It's been like since I was a child. And it's just been insane how obsessive I am about comics. Sean's and it's bro- only Sean's been like he spent all of his money. On- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But what happened was, I had to buy his dinner tonight. This is this this, this is awkward because this is the second time I'm telling this story. <laughs> yeah. I, I You're feel- a stand-up comedian. You should be used to it. <laughs> yeah, it's saying the the problem with that is I try to switch up my material and it gets worse. Oh, no. It's like you gotta you gotta re- be repetitive. So this is an exercise. I'm gonna try to repeat this story again. <laughs> so, <laughs> be just as good. Not, yeah, not just the energy's not there. <laughs> I feel it in the room. Oh, welcome, Wolfman Sean in Comic Talk. <laughs> I know everything about comics. It's been three months. Got all the comics. Um, 
Yeah, so I'd always go in the Silver Snail, grab a coffee, but uh, I was just walking by the new releases, and I, sometimes I look at the covers, and I see issue one of one I couldn't resist, so I'm like, it's the beginning, and it was called Judge Dredd versus the Predator versus Alien. Yeah. Can it get any better than I that? Can- I think not. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, like I sat down and I started reading through the beginning and it's kind of terrible, but then they start fighting and you forget that the setup's so awful. <laughs> I and actually that- liked the setup. I'm going to break the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we heard the setup already and like I wasn't expecting much. But I kind of like I kind of like how you broke it down. Maybe until the ship of predators showed up, but like yeah, I thought it was kind of so. Very long story short, like if you're wondering like what the fuck, why is this a comic? And you know, it it is kind of like say you had a job as a writer and they gave you these three characters. It's pretty good for what you can work with. So basically, Judge Dredd is in the city. He's like hunting this fugitive who's like this mad scientist. This mad scientist goes like in the middle of the forest to his base and he happens to have a kidnapped predator and also a stock of alien face huggers if you don't know what they are if you ever seen the alien movie and those like spider things that crawl on your face watch the movie yeah watch the movie (laughs) it's a classic (laughs) and they plant eggs into your mouth and it spawns an alien that pops out of your chest so this mad scientist who Judge Dredd is trying to arrest is doing this experiment on the Predator by putting these alien face huggers onto the Predator's face, trying to make a Predator slash alien. But then does that work? Because then well, wouldn't it just bust out of the alien's chest and therefore killing the But alien? then, yeah, so it will kill the Predator, but then well, the thing... That's what I meant. Right. Yeah, so the, the thing that busts out of his chest is a half Predator, yeah. half alien. So, oh. so I just, I have to ask, yeah. does, does the comic <laughs> pick up on the same universe as the Alien vs. Predator movies? Because that actually happened on the so <laughs> the end happen. of the alien versus predator i can't remember if it was one or two i'm not like i don't follow them vigorously but yeah like, yeah the the scene happened where there was a predator who was killed on a table um inside of the predator ship yeah and um the like the alien fetus or whatever busted out of his chest and it was and it, they showed a close-up and it had the like the four fanged mouth of the predator and so mm. it was already showing there was a hybrid alien predator so i'm wondering if this is story. like sort of a yeah they pr- up they, they probably definitely picked off off of that and I know there's like I've only guys I've only been reading comics for, <laughs> for like three months, so there could be like twenty years plus. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to downgrade my age. Thirty years of lore behind all these pred aliens. Well, I always lo- I always loved the idea of the like of the genetic splicing with the the um xen- they're called xenomorphs yes the, yes the to be technically because correct you could when you start to imagine the possibilities of that it's really awesome because you can imagine like a face hugger latching onto like a great white shark or yes like a tortoise or mm-hmm. <laughs> an elephant imagine like what that shit's gonna look like that's gonna be really it's gonna be fucked that's yeah you can do <laughs> I'm, surpri- I'm honestly surprised there hasn't been more yeah yeah crossover with, with I like think you a, just started a new comic book series. Yeah, well, it's yeah like and we got BBC. Julia to publish it yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Anything's possible BBC in this Planet room Earth. right now. BBC Planet Earth and Aliens. 
the loon. <laughs> Actually, I said it's an eagle, but that's a lame eagle. It doesn't yeah, sound it like is. an it eagle. Definitely like not an American eagle. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem all that regal. <laughs> so it's a picture of an eagle, and it sounds like a seagull. It sounds like it's dying. Yeah, it's not a good eagle. It's sad. Uh, but anywho, so back to the origins <laughs> of this weird-ass comic book. <laughs> so the scientist is there, and basically... Long story short, or short story short, er, <laughs> Judge Dredd just goes to his lair with his team of other judges to arrest him. And as that's happening, some of the judges get kidnapped and they're getting experimented on. And also, the Predator's friends in space are pissed and they just show up in their spaceship and like, yo, where's my homeboy? <laughs> we're gonna, <clears throat> we're gonna save him. And then, uh, yeah, it's just been a brawl. And like, Amazing. and I forgot the beginning until like right now explaining to you guys because well, I just got lost in the lore. <laughs> That's also interesting because there was another. I think, I think it was shown in one of the iterations of the Alien Predator universes that. The Predators actually um, farmed the aliens on Earth as a, sort of a hunting club, like a hunt club. Yeah. And so they like they had all of these um, um, aliens, like xenomorph aliens, um, running amok on planet Earth, and they would come down and hunt them for fun. Like it was, it was like oh, a, like uh, like Hunger Games game Battle hunting, Royal type thing. Hunting. No, it was like they the Predators saw the aliens as animals, less like. Um, equals. Oh, okay, so they're like they deer them. to them. Yeah, yeah, basically. Or well, they're like extremely dangerous deer. Yeah, that can kill you. It's more fun. That way. But they, um, there's no deer on the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, Julia yeah. pointed to the <laughs> megaphone. Deer noise. <laughs> we have a wolf, but no <laughs> yeah. it's all predators. Well, except for the loon, I suppose. <laughs> also, it, is yeah. it is a predator. It is a predator. So, That's do you guys have like a dream franchise you'd like to work on? Oh, oh good question. Oh boy, Leah. That is a good question. Julia, no. publishing. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> I was gonna get to we you as well. Like anything it. you would like to publish between like, all of us here, we could probably like get it dream done. book. Oh man, <laughs> like a series or it's got or just something, something your own. Something. <laughs> <laughs> something versus something versus something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't forget that second versus mm. Arthur cool. versus Tom and Jerry. Yeah, versus. First for family, I think, or what is it? I think <laughs> F for family. Yeah, F is for family. Yeah, I think for me, like, um, I guess I just start to think about like my some of my favorite. If I'm talking about animation, like some of my favorite cartoon shows, and that's like <coughs> Samurai Jack was an, a kick-ass show. Yeah, that was yeah. just an awesome show. Um, back? And it's coming back yeah. for another season, I think. So um, uh, that would just be really awesome and fun to work on. Um, I really like bizarre and like sl the like bizarre, slightly disturbing cartoons like uh, Ren and Simpy ripping friends. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But like, there's a show called the um, the Misadventures of Flapjack. That's also like, I like these shows that are like borderline for kids. But like, you get your kids watching it and you're like, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Should yeah, I? Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome and hilarious. I don't know. But like. Those shows, there's something um, for us in that in those yeah. shows that's like 
just great. I don't know. I keep seeing the, all watch. these clips of SpongeBob, and I, apparently that's yeah. like that too, where it's like, oh my god, that's like an adult joke. Like a lot of the same people work on are are sort of go between those shows, like SpongeBob and Flapjack, and all these shows. Like they harken back to an earlier time of animation, which maybe is like when we look back from net from our point of view, it's like a little bit disturbing or a little bit strange just cause we don't maybe we're not from the same culture. Mm-hmm. So it's like a bit different to us, but like when you revisit that style today, you can do a lot with it, um, with the current culture, I think. And that's what you see in shows like flapjack or ripping friends or adventure time, which is a huge franchise. But, um, yeah, I think that's what's going on with those shows and I love it. Cool. Cool. <laughs> In yourself, any oh man, I don't know. any dream? Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're killing. You actually, you you uh, you showed me that Rick and Morty that's for a, the first time. Oh yeah, that's we right. Were at the, the cottage. cottage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So full disclosure, Sean is a friend of mine and Julia's from a while ago, and we've been going up to we've been doing Labor Day cottages for with a group of friends for like six it's, years. I, I'm going to say four years. Four years? Uh, no, oh, wait, no, five. 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 Yep, five. Yep, yep, five. Least. Yeah. I and think. we've had like a lot of amazing. We do a different cottage every year. We just rent cottages with like 10 friends. Yeah. And, and the first cottage was they had sheep on it mm-hmm. and it was an island. It was an island we <coughs> rented. So basically. we called it Sheep Island. <clears throat> and even though we haven't been back to Sheep Island, Every year we yeah. just call it Sheep Island. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah, yeah, just yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the weird the weirdness of that too was there was actually an island on the lake called Sheep Island and it was not the island we were staying <laughs> oh, on. Really? But yeah, yeah, but the island we were on had like sheep on it. it yeah. Just this so basically like I the reason why they had sheep there was to cut the grass. <laughs> And they were in this fenced off, electric fenced off area where there's a helipad. Oh so God. if yeah. we got like completely fucked, because there was like no power, I like got, this I got was Sean like to pee on the electric fence. Yeah, <laughs> Ren and Stimpy reference. <laughs> right there. Premise right here. It's like sheep go mad as people are yeah, yeah. on the island. Mm-hmm. And I like um, it. <laughs> yeah, it, it pretty much happened. We fed them our compost bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's so what the the owner of the island was like. Uh, you can feed it like anything, just not like cans or whatever. Just like <laughs> just not cans. Just like any type of food, like bones, wow. corn on the cob. Yeah. So we actually had corn, and we're like, let's yeah. go test this out. So we we're <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> fucking hammered like trying to jump over this electric fence like there's like a and system a, to do not it. a small island too like this <laughs> yeah. is there's forest on this island that you're like you can get lost in it yeah was a pretty big it was creepy. not a huge island but it was enough you could get could have gotten go lost looking for the sheep like, yeah when you cross over they weren't the fence, immediately obvious like, go into the woods to find and there they have trails the sheep made trails through the woods <laughs> yeah oh it's magical but also creepy like the cottage there like reminded me of like a place where jason would just hang yeah. out like it just was the standard he's hiding in like sheep's clothing like, in, <laughs> yeah. like Wiley Coyote and Ralph or whatever like hiding in the field yeah so we, we'd like hop the fence and then I remember I don't know if you guys were as intoxicated as me but I just va- or like I vividly remember just kind of having a bit of blurry vision it's like oh shit like I shouldn't be hopping this fence right now because it's electric and I am drunk <laughs> And I somehow made it. And we had the compost. We had the the corn. We're going to test it out with the sheep. 
<laughs> so we threw it on the ground, and then the fucking sheep <laughs> was eating this corn in the most. Oh no, that was hand hand fed. Yeah, <laughs> was it? Okay, yeah, yeah. Was Someone weird. had a. We each, I think, took turns with a corn cob, and like in the most suggestive <laughs> way, the sheep was eating this corn. The sheep was deep throating the corn cob. Yeah, Let's yeah. Long, long story short, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was strange, strange times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was an outhouse, and the spiders would bite your ass as you're doing your business. And yeah, I, my girlfriend Lacey, she calls it Spider Island. What we call it <laughs> oh, sheep, no. sheep slash Spider Island. It's terrifying. That was an amazing time, though. I remember making a slingshot um, yes. on that island, and then leaving it for the next guests. I want to say too, like I didn't know you were like an animator till a year later, <laughs> and you know why? Because that was my first impression of you, and you were such a woodsman. You'd never think. <laughs> That Corey would like have an a job where he sits in front of a computer. <laughs> this dude, like you were like Rambo, like you're making slingshots. You walked around that yeah. whole weekend with an axe on your belt. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. were like I, I made three log cabins while we were after I met you, down. I was like, I need to step it up as a man. <laughs> like, yo, like I'm slipping, dog. Like <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. It's it's kind of cool to hear like this other world with you because I usually see you at Sheep Island. Now it's kind of cool right. to hear you in your office days. Yeah, and- yeah. And actually, one of my favorite parts of Sheep Island, which again we must say isn't always an island with sheep on it. It's just uh, ten or so friends going out to a cottage. One of my favorite parts is just like the car ride up because wherever we're going, it tends to, because of like work hours and so and such be the same people going up together usually. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the tradition is like your car friends that you go up with. And it's usually, um, myself and you and Lacey and we, yeah. and we just like go up and listen to strange shit. And yeah. Like, and like, sometimes it starts off. This is kind of cool to have you on the podcast as well. Cause we always start off a normal conversation and then the next thing you know, we're talking about like life. Like there's yeah. people like I only see you occasionally, Corey, and there's people I've known my entire life and I haven't had these deep conversations <laughs> to the core of like yeah. humanity. We're talking about yeah. the the universe and like all the shit you don't understand yeah. and there's no way you can like even figure out but me and Corey just get yeah. in the conversation we're like yeah let's just talk about this right now <laughs> I already have Sean's <laughs> eulogy written uh, yeah whenever, whenever he dies <laughs> you're gonna just talk about the multiverse <laughs> and yeah. hopefully he's out to that place we may or may not believe is there <laughs> <laughs> defying space and time Corey <laughs> you should take like those thoughts and make a animation of it or something yeah you probably freak people Actually, out yeah, it would be, be amazing why don't the next sheep island trip why don't we bring um this little recorder of yours and we can get a bit of material and see what we can come up with that'd be amazing that'd be really good yeah it'd kind of be like an office shit chat but like on steroids like <laughs> sheep, sheep island like, shit chat yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. beyond shit chat and into deep Deep stuff. It's crazy. Car shit chat. <laughs> Car shit chat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Road trip shit chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Road trip. You should get Lacey in here for one of these episodes, man. Definitely. Um, she's been here. Yeah. She didn't want to be on the mic, but she just wanted to hang. So she, <laughs> it's kind of like Julia, but we're like putting her on the spot. These publishing yeah, women, they're publishing, just like, sure. <laughs> they're like, fuck the microphone. <laughs> I'll write you a story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, man? What would be? Uh, 
like a dream franchise interview for Sean Sirianni. I don't know. Um, Mike Tyson. That would be amazing. Um, I'd say if it was MF Doom. If it was musically, it would be Metallica. I know that's like a cliche thing, but that's something I grew up with. And like, I just want to just not even ever just have a conversation. And I felt today I mentioned uh, the job I worked on was I did I work? No, I didn't say this in the episode, but uh, I worked with the WE this weekend. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't like I was talking to any of the wrestlers or whatever, but talking to their crew and me being a production guy myself and me watching their production as a kid, just like kind of hearing a few of their stories and like them being like super nice. I think I like had like a dream talk today as well. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of amazing to just have that happen. That's mm-hmm. awesome, man. Yeah. It just happened like yesterday. So fucking random. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Sean learned, Sean learned how so to, jealous. Sean learned how to execute <laughs> a pile driver yesterday. Yeah. Like, let's go stop Chris Jericho. Like right now. Yeah. Yeah. Is, <laughs> is that your boy, Chris Jericho? <laughs> him and him and KO. It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Canadian yeah, boys. Yeah. Keeping it local. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. ow! ow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like, the reason why I worked with We Two is uh, I mentioned. I think I mentioned on the show, like, I work with a staging company part time, and they just randomly called me, and I thought I was going to do a press conference because it was in a hotel. But then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, you guys are going to build a ring. And I was like, what? And there's like, yeah, this is where they're practicing. <laughs> and I, all of a sudden, I just turned into a child. <laughs> like, it was in, like, a lot of the people, like, I work with on these stagehand things, they haven't grown up, like, watching wrestling, too. So it wasn't a big thing to them, too. And I was just, I was keeping it cool. But then I'd have the, these little conversations with, like, their full-time, like, traveling tour. And they're like, oh, this guy kind of knows his shit. And they go, like, deep with me. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> like, just telling me, like, stories about, like, Mick Foley and shit That's like awesome. that. It was cool. And, <laughs> yeah, crazy day. I just got to say, like, one of the benefits of being in any type of, like, I guess, creative field is is just the people you end up being friends with it's just mm-hmm. and it's like know, uh it's like a, i think if you pursue something you love to you end up unconsciously falling into that universe if that makes yeah any sense. yeah 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 or ha- is that having, like you guys with like the <clears throat> animation like yeah at being least able having to a work with people like gore downey and yeah. you're on tom and jerry yeah and you have a doorway to the universe whether yeah. or not it's your like there are people i don't consider myself like an animation geek at all but like there are you know you work with people who are they live what they do but like i think it's just i think it's just being surrounded by people who want to create awesome stuff and just mm-hmm. have fun doing it and like it doesn't matter what the what the medium is like I have friends who are like traditional painters I have friends who are filmmakers friends who just sculpt for fun at home while they're watching TV and like I don't know I think everybody is an artist potentially and it's just you end up being surrounded by people who have put into practice something that they really enjoy and like I don't know I I have a friend um, uh, Shane Campbell who like he's always been a musician um, and he's always been really into film and he just recently started like really wanting to just make a lot of fun film stuff and it's like in the last few years and I was able to like just have fun making a short with him up at the cottage um, like uh, last winter and it was just 
amazingly fun and um yeah we're just like it's called space loaf the little thing that he started yeah yeah it's on youtube and everything yeah i think so yeah you can check his stuff out online and it's just for the sake of creating fun stuff and it ends up just being something that you get really into and Mm -hmm. like sometimes it just snowballs and then snowballs and that's and that's what it it is it's like like, all of a sudden it's you unconsciously it may be like three years it may be 10 years and then all of a sudden you're just snowballing you're standing beside somebody who influenced you in that direction yeah and it just seems like how the fuck did this happen but it's it's because like you chose to do it essentially like and i think that it's um that is the like of course everybody needs to make money and pay their bills but like if you Mm -hmm. choose to get into a creative career then you gotta like go back to that and be like okay have some self-respect this is my choice this is what i chose to do Mm -hmm. i chose to pursue this and so um this is the thing it's like if i'm making less money for a little while Mm -hmm. maybe it's okay um, because this is the sort of the crux of what I yeah. chose. Was I wanted to enjoy what I do. And sometimes your art turns into the profession, but you have to remind yourself, like, your original thoughts, why you started doing it, and it's not always about the money. Even though you need the money. You need, yeah, it has You to- need the money, but... <laughs> I feel like a lot of people's best work is when they're not thinking about the money. They're thinking about fully a thousand percent into their craft. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if that's what you do, if that's what you are inspired by and what you want to work on, then, then that's what you do. But like, Mm -hmm. if you are able to make a career out of a career out of it, that's awesome. Yeah. So blessing. So, uh, Yeah. You gotta like if anybody's listening and you just want to do something, just do it. (laughs) Go for it. You gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Nike. Nike. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Nike. (laughs) And whatever this animal is. (laughs) 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 We're back in the wolf den. I'm having like the biggest technical issues I've ever had on the show. Usually uh two double a batteries last me three episodes i've been through six six of them we're, we're that powerful yeah this panel right here yeah we're draining <laughs> the power from the room. i apologize i keep cutting the flow of the conversation or no. technology i think the this just, is bullshit it's all good <laughs> i don't know just the powers that be are trying to take fun. us down we got too many powerful people in here we got two <laughs> animators we got a publisher and a videographer yo we can just take over the world we can brainwash motherfuckers if we really had a good idea that's what's so great we have we have um all the resources you would need to create to create a product (laughs) yeah propaganda machine (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) we'll influence the next election in in the (laughs) u.s Are we going we there? We won't get yeah. on. Cowards! I don't want to get there. We will not do it. We will not do it. Last. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just see the battery just no. go immediately to red. It's no, like please, no. Trump is listening. <laughs> All these free thinkers in one room. <laughs> Can't handle it. So before I cut the flow or the aliens cut us off, you were saying like such beautiful things, Corey, about. Oh yeah, just going for it. <laughs> I was saying beautiful things. I don't, I don't remember. Did no, I no, just no. Put you on the spot right I here. Think, I think we were just back. talking about like the, the reasons people get into creative careers, and sometimes it's like, you need reminders of of why, and it's like, 
yeah. there's two there's two things you need something to pay the bills but also like why did I not just get like an office job or yeah, like a lot of people was... who get into animation like do it because they love it but then you know you finally find yourself working on Arthur <laughs> or mm. something something that you didn't you know think that you would be working mm-hmm. on it does become a job but at the same time you think hey man you get to draw for a living that's uh yeah, awesome. It depends know? on the person. Like sometimes it's like the storytelling, the the animation itself. Um, if you're a designer, then it's different. But like, um, and the demands of the industry doesn't help. Yeah, you know? I th- I think that and and while yeah, when you're in animation, it's like I can only speak from my experience. Like some of the stuff is going to be um, really inspiring and sort of gives you pause and like you'll always remember. Uh, having worked on it and some of it's like it's not terrible but it's just it's still in your field so like I don't know it's it is important to remember the difference between like um, just sort of working any kind of job for money and the fact that you have put the effort into um, going into something that you that you were interested in Mm -hmm. whether or not that's considered a creative field I think that's an important thing to consider yeah it's crazy to um myself too i went to school for something completely different than everything i'm doing like i hopped into doing advertising and there was like a little introduction to video or whatever and then i just started slipping in advertising like self teaching myself video and i'm finding like people in the field and even when it comes to like podcasts or anything it's like a lot of people didn't need to go to school including myself it's Mm. just more just diving into what you really really want to do and with the resources we have nowadays it's just you it's a google away (laughs) like seriously yeah Yeah, that's interesting how do you guys feel about that in the animated industry do you feel like you could be like a self-taught person or do you have to go through an institutional like school system like uh, I don't know. Who do you want to ask for? Yeah, both of you guys. <laughs> well, well, I'm not, you know, because I'm not an animator. Right. I, yeah. I feel like, you know, it's um, part of it is if you have, you know, a natural intuition for art and, you know, you have to have some sort of artistic talent, obviously. Um, but I think usually when you when you go to school, I imagine you're sort of honing those skills. And, and I don't know if, if, if it's something that um, you necessarily need a professor to show you how to... I, I don't know. I think... Um, I don't know. I've thought about this a lot, and I do have friends in totally different, uh, like, creative positions who who are, like, either totally against, like, formal education or, you know, somebody who, like, has a ton of uh, background in in learning whatever craft they went into. But, like, I think it it does kind of depend on the field that you're in. And you're right. There are a ton more opportunities nowadays to be self-taught in a lot of different fields. And that does work out for some people. Like some of the most successful people in creative fields are self-taught, but like, um, I don't know. Some, somebody said something a few years ago when, when I, I, we were talking about this topic that sort of like made me think about it was like, um, I was saying like, oh yeah, I've worked with uh, so many people who, you know, didn't go and take three or four years to learn to be an animator or whatever, and but they ended up being like one of the great animators on their show. But then this friend of mine was like, yeah, but the director on that show had to teach them. And so they weren't being paid to be the teacher, and yet they were now in this position of having to um, teach someone. And so 
you know, that is a side of it where like, if you don't go and learn from people who are, whose job it is to show you how to do something and it is a tricky craft like animation like any mm-hmm. art you know it's it's really there are principles of animation you need to know um and they're very specific if you don't like invest in yourself to learn those and practice those then and you go and, and you do somehow get a job like being an animator like somebody's job is going to be to to teach you that and uh, okay. you know what yeah, i mean like yeah, somebody's going to spend you. the time refining your skills and if you haven't put the three or whatever years into into doing it i'm not saying you know it doesn't happen i have met animators on different shows who like did some apprenticeship type things and they were just natural and um but i don't know i definitely would recommend like doing a lot of research before like yeah (laughs) deciding wholeheartedly to dive into animation like it is uh it is like a it is a pretty new art form relatively if you compare it to I don't know, painting, the, the <laughs> filmmaking, the violin. Yeah, no, like, me, like there's like, it is an art form that is, that is pretty new. And it's been like, there are masters of animation and there is a lot to learn from, but like, and there is, there is a lot to invent still in animation, which is one of the exciting things. It's like, there's a lot of new, there's a lot of opportunity to create in animation. But yeah, that's badass. Education is not bad. A lot of people will sort of harp on, Mm -hmm. oh I'm self-taught and I did this and that's respectable but like it doesn't mean that getting an education in your chosen field is bad like that's really valuable yeah yeah I just thought of this now actually so (laughs) my two brothers who own this studio that I work for they actually do come from both sides because um, Lou Lou actually went to school uh, Sheridan for classical animation and my other brother uh, Les um, went to school for like neuroscience yeah. And had yeah. no formal training. Um, but because, you know, sort of Lou was in the industry and was able to sort of, um, you know, he had some opportunities that he could share with Les. They ended up, you know, um, now they're both like, you know, two of the best animators. They're amazing. I know. Yeah, yeah, they're two of the best animators I know. So They're amazing. It's that's almost cool. Like, yeah, it's but that's like, different because it's your brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm biased. Yeah, but. you can piss him off a lot more than you can your director, I think. It's like. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's possible, you know? Yeah. Like, you do. No, it's you know, true. Les is so talented. Um, but I feel like personalities that come from that background tend to. Um, you definitely have your own way of doing things. So, mm. um, you know, if you do have to work with a director let's say who has like a certain certain way of yeah you know, doing and they're something. throwing like a technical yeah. term at you and it's yeah, like oh like i don't know what that really means jive. Mm. um i mean like experience yeah. i mean they've both been in the industry for so long that you do you know learn those types Get of things it, yeah. but i think if you're fresh into it you definitely yeah i'm sure there, there are those types of struggles um when you first start but you know you, if you're in it long enough <laughs> yeah and then <laughs> learn all that stuff it is like exciting when somebody trusts you enough to put you knowingly put you into a position where you feel like you might be underqualified but they they feel like actually Lou was one of the first examples of that like I was uh, put into a position on on a job one of the first times I met Lou and or the first time I met Lou and it was like they trusted me with a position that I didn't necessarily have all of the training for but I like I had gone to school for animation I knew the principles of animation and I had work experience and it's like it's those little opportunities where you have like I don't know what the percentages are but like a certain percentage that you are qualified for and another certain percentage that you're not qualified for and then that's how you grow right yeah, like yeah. you're 
people trust you based on um, your work and how they know you and and you can work really hard to to show that and to build your skill sets as well and for sure. so there is room in there for that but I just I would feel really nervous like getting into cabinet making tomorrow you know? <laughs> yeah. because I like have a kitchen with some cabinets in it. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I'd like, yo, like, I get the idea. Someone. Like the door goes here and yeah. then it's like, oh shit. You like look at it a little deeper. And this, is ma- this is math. Like I need to know some trigonometry here or something. Engineering? Like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I wasted a lot of materials on that last project. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's a mix. It's it's all like it depends on your confidence level and your competence level and your trust level mm. and your and your uh, sensibilities. Like your um, yeah, like if you if you have a good sense of timing or um, you know um, are able to translate acting um, through your drawings, it's like you. Yeah, yeah, people in animation come from a lot of interesting t- backgrounds, and actually, like Sean yourself being in comedy is like we have a there's some really strong similarities I think between comedy stand-up comedy and animation like comedy and animation itself they go together like a lot of the time mm-hmm. but like stand-up comedy is so much about timing yeah I yeah i never really thought of it that way it's uh yeah that's an interesting way to put it too. like animation is basically timing and because like even when you're planning out a set like some people like can freeball it or whatever but a lot most comedians they have a plan and it's like okay i'm gonna say this at this time and then just kind of pause here or whatever yeah yeah yeah. and i guess animations like that as well too yeah well i don't know i get the sense that in comedy like even if it's not planned you're still there's some part of your brain that's like hyperactively assessing the the crowd and like acting on the t- the timing necessary to like just wait for the yeah, laughs yeah. and then like inject the the next mm-hmm. comment or did you guys see the South Park documentary the 6 days to air no, or whatever it's kind of bridges the gap of what you're saying right now and have you guys heard the concept of yeah. that documentary so yeah. anybody listening yeah, uh, crazy. yeah <laughs> South Park they do everything the week of or most of the times They'll have an episode that's supposed to air in seven days, and they won't even have a fucking idea yet. (laughs) So what's beautiful about this documentary is there's a room of people like Corey just waiting on a computer, (laughs) just waiting, and then there's a room of the South Park writers and a couple like comedians there's like Bill Hader from Saturday Night Live and like a couple people that I didn't even know worked on South Park but you've like seen them around and they're all sitting in a room and it's like okay we got this idea they're just writing on the board and it's like a couple hours go by and the animators are like what the fuck like (laughs) and they still got nothing and then somebody would just say something through conversation and then it's like, yo, that's, that's an episode. And then we can have a Cartman doing this. And then this side story here. And then the, all of a sudden they're running back and forth to the animators and they're doing it live, like making that's all awesome. the the beats to the show. And then, yeah, I can't imagine. Them. And yeah, and they do it like in that. like six days. And I mean, uh, they stay so current. Yeah. 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 Like, it's um, so great. This season, they did it like right up to Trump winning. Yeah. Because yeah, they didn't know. It was a day they... before. And it's like, 
they probably had two ideas like this is going to happen if Hillary wins mm. and this is going to happen if Trump wins yeah I imagine and that's... they just decide they choose your own adventure America type of thing <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's a good oh that's a good way to put the last election choose your own adventure America <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like the people decide that's it's going to be so like nerve wracking as like a content creator especially on that level <laughs> where millions of people are waiting for your show yeah. and you submit it the day of yeah. like what the fuck because yeah. <laughs> the election was done on like tuesday yeah yeah south park airs on wednesday right and, and they it was did like it two in the morning and it was right? a trump episode where mr garrison's kind of playing the role as trump so oh man he won. i saw some of the clips from mr garrison's trump <laughs> character and i love it so much yeah it's like <laughs> we're gonna all fuck him to death yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. that's his slogan <laughs> totally does not want to be yeah. there and yeah. he's trying to say whatever he can to just like not yeah. win yeah and there's just so many like <laughs> metaphors to just like us then, as society then he gets like, to can they get to canada and there's Canada's built the wall and it's like <laughs> we got a bunch of cool stuff over here and uh, we don't know if we, we want you guys coming in and having it so like, what what kind of cool stuff <laughs> yeah um, there's they got like these really crazy characters they introduced right now called the member berries okay have you guys seen no. memes of them or whatever like the little, yeah and it's, it'll like just say like member yeah like Star Wars or whatever and I can't even do it justice explaining it you gotta watch like the whole season it's probably like a episode seven or eight or whatever but it just seems like just like a dumb little like thing they add in the first episode and you don't Mm. think they're going to keep going with it but people are addicted to these berries and they have these little faces on it but they just they talk all cute and they're just like oh remember star wars i remember and they're all talking it's like remember chewbacca and then it just starts turning into like a whole metaphor of like the whole entertainment industry of how like everything's just rehashed old shit okay but even in a more brilliant way than i'm explaining because it's like this ongoing thing but that what i thought was like really funny with these cute little berries is like they just started talking about like little random shit Mm. like from the 80s and then as the episodes keep going on it's all like obscure star wars references Mm -hmm. like remember (laughs) and then they start like talking about how which is the south park creator's opinion that the new star wars isn't good it's just like a fucking same as (laughs) it's just feeds on your nostalgia and all it is is like a happy days reunion because it was like a reunion of everything you want and it's just the way and i'm like i never really thought of it that way like even though they're introducing like little things but it's like an ongoing thing it's pretty brilliant have you seen the adult swim uh too many cooks no film short film or intro or it's amazing you should check it out it basically like it kind of shows you like I guess uh, 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 what what uh, sitcoms are all about, like what these past, what the past sitcoms have been, like growing up in the like late eighties, nineties. Um, what was that all about? Like the the sitcom. The yeah, yeah, and they had a the certain sitcom. format to yeah. all of them. They were almost like all the same, like 
cookie cutter rules to it. But it's like, weird yeah. to see when you look back how, like, at first it was like a cookie cutter and it worked and people liked the cookies. And then all of a sudden people were like, we need a different kind of cookie. So they evolve. And so they start to add really weird shit into these sitcoms. And you mm-hmm. have, like, you watch a show like, like Family Stephon. Matters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> is yeah, that where you're going? Yeah, same yeah. Thing at the same time, you this watch the show like family guys family. at home. This is what happens when me and Corey talk for um, an hour and a half. We start merging, and then it's about to get weird. So, like, we might be talking about family matters for now, but in ten minutes, we're gonna be like into the multiverse and family. shit. Family matters is the multiverse. Okay, you see, <laughs> see, explain. Well, family matters is like the obvious go-to. I don't, I don't. I'm not surprised that we both went to. The example of Stefan to begin with. Because like, it was one thing. <coughs> there was no sci-fi yeah. in it. Yeah, it was just the sitcom. Like, you watch, you watch the intro to Family Matters, and then you watch a scene later in the series where they have the, the character Stefan, and, like... It is that is essentially what too many cooks is touching on. I think is the like okay. the reaches that these shows would go would would go to to like mm. to just stretch what the sitcom is, and it just became so detached from the supposed reality they were supposed to portray. Like you look at Full House, and it's like okay, it's like the happy uh, San Francisco family. Like this is like a there's like the uncles and the dad, and they're mm-hmm. by, and there's like challenges and morals yeah, and, and then at the end they have like a cry lesson, yeah, and <laughs> crying and all I'm this sorry, crap. Uncle Jesse. But then Family Matters is like ah uh, fuck that. We've had enough of this shit. We need like a time traveling guy. <laughs> And we need a machine that can just change the this writer guy went insane a... and was like, one day he just woke up mad, like, yeah. fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> but Urkel's <laughs> turning into Bruce Lee this episode yeah. Yeah. with a machine. Yeah. But maybe the problem is that everybody liked that and it yeah. wasn't a problem that they did that. It was yeah. like, okay, let's run with this. People are watching <laughs> still. It probably so, started yeah. off as a Halloween episode. It's like, no, this yeah. is like canon lore right now. Yeah, it was like We're how. Going yeah. There are certain shows like The X-Files where you're supposed to take it seriously most of the time, but they'll have an episode where you're like, okay, they're just being silly in this episode, but then they just run with it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the sitcom sort of became that. And I think, if I don't know, if you watch this, the Too Many Cooks, it's it's a really awesome, very disturbing. Like, it's not easy to watch. (laughs) But it's like, it's really great. I'll definitely check it out. You know what's beautiful about you guys' industry as well? Like... There is no rules. It's like you can yep. take yep. things that are familiar to reality, which is like people, animals, or whatever, and you can just turn yep. it upside down and do. It's like whatever you can imagine yep. in your sick little minds. Yeah, I think it was, it was Tex Avery was like the like in cartoons you can do anything, and that is the essential like amazingness of cartoons I think is like and Tom and Jerry is a good example that you watch old old Tom and Jerry and like <clears throat> you can do anything with cartoons it's very difficult to do the same things in live action like nowadays it's there's a lot more possibility but the cool thing with cartoons is like if you can draw it then mm-hmm. it's there it's awesome you uh mentioned a while ago too about like technology and it advancing the industry as well mm-hmm. do you find it's I find this in the video industry where it's almost like going so fast that I can't keep up to date with everything. Do you find that's the same way going with animation too, whether it's just different like 
ways of put publishing it on like the internet or like even ways of using it like VR now and everything? Do you mm. find there's an extra pressure to be on top of all that or mm. do you feel like you can just keep doing your thing and well, yeah, you guys run a studio. Like, yeah, yeah. Independent productions. And you're probably not the best, um, you know, uh, in terms of keeping up <clears throat> with technology because... Uh, I don't think nobody is. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's just like things no, are yeah, just getting... I mean, you have that perspective, yeah, though. You, you, get, see you, it, become, you see it happening. Yeah, I was talking uh, with another animator about this uh, the other day. It's because you become masters of a certain software. Or like a certain version, even, and um, but because they advance like almost you know every few years or so, and just the industry standard becomes um, is different every time. But after you become a master of a certain uh, you know of a certain software, you kind of don't want to break out of that mm -hmm. sometimes. I think that's cool though. I think people respect that. Like there's a I don't know like Solace is old school, and you guys so old school. <laughs> But no, you guys, so you have like uh, a brand or a type of thing that you're like. It's like your specialty, right? Well, it's almost like they. It's almost like they classically animate digitally. Yeah, <laughs> cool. for, for so, digital animation. Yeah, so where you know a lot now is very symbol based, or you know, it's um, animation for some people um, is is sort of puppeting characters that are already mm -hmm. rigged to do that um, and you sort of lose some of the drawing aspects yep. of it which a lot of people want to want to do when they get into animation is draw and people want to see too like. yeah yeah so um, yeah I mean like it's it's nice to be able to stay true to things like that but I feel the industry especially when you're doing service work becomes harder um, because the standard uh, becomes more advanced, like mm -hmm. it's uh, like something out of the yeah. real house. So. I think there's always going to be people who really appreciate just like the traditional Fox style of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, I, f I feel like this is what happened with the gaming industry. There's like all these indie games yeah, out yeah, now, yeah, 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 yeah. which are back to 2D everything. Yep. And I find there was like a big boost in the early 2000s where everything was trying to be 3D and it was yeah. like just 3D for the sake of being 3D and not good on gameplay. Yeah. And then people kind of came full circle and realized like, no, like games like platformers like a Mario or a Sonic were good for a reason because yeah. it's just a good fun game and they make their own versions yeah. and shit like that. I and think the cool thing is that you now have independent games going back to this like... um that <clears throat> that is the presentation, but they are take there are some developers still taking advantage of like pretty new technology. Like there's like where they'll mix and match. Well, there's mm. like you'll have a game that is like on the surface it looks like a two D platformer, like you're playing mm -hmm. uh, Mario or something, but they are using like procedurally generated worlds, and so yeah. like you play. I have uh, and I shouldn't. I'm not one to speak to. PC gaming because I don't play a lot of games, but like I love watching people. I love like watching Twitch. people play the games. Like I just love watching the new games that are coming out and seeing what they're all about and maybe trying them a little. I'm not a gamer, but yeah. I love what people do with these games. And like um there's a game called Starbound that I've never played, but I mm -hmm. like have watched a lot of people of videos of people playing it. <laughs> you watch a guy play through it front yeah. to back. <laughs> yeah. You'd be surprised how many animators yeah. do that. Like yeah. as they're animating, just watching, watching people stuff play on the games, second yeah. monitor. But it's like it's a 2D platformer that makes you feel nostalgic for playing 2D games. But it's like 
you're exploring a universe and like you're landing on different you have a ship that's flying through space and it's all 2D like cross section mm-hmm. and you're landing on planets that no, literally no other gamer has seen because the game procedurally generated them when you started ah. it and there's it's it's like Minecraft was that but it was like it was a 3D game like I loved Minecraft I did play Minecraft quite a bit with my friends we had a server going but like um, I do like the idea of taking what was mastered and done right back in the day, but seeing what you can use uh, from today to 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 sort to of keep take those, it to the next those, level. They keep the old mechanics, but then just add some new shit to it. They give it new breath because it's like it's without changing, without departing from the experience yeah. of those types of games you're adding to them really well and there's certain games that do it and certain games I think that uh, maybe yeah. depart too much from exact example of what you're talking about like a, I'm a long time Street Fighter fan and yeah. the new one it's updated graphics but it's still like 2D perspective of yep. how you're moving Always. the movements and everything but everything else is just rendered into something D. that's like fit for 2016 so it's just everything's made in 3d but the perspective is just yeah the the way people remember it oh yeah street fighter is so huge they know what people want when they make a street fighter game i think and they don't want to go too far from that there's another game i do have to say before we get off the topic of gaming this this weekend I, i had a gaming night with a friend who like it's an old friend i went to school with back in the day and we um there, uh, most people who owned a Sega Genesis played a game called Road Rash. Oh yeah, the you motorcycle know Road Rash, shit. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then not as many people know that there was a Road Rash '64. There was a Nintendo '64 mm-hmm. version of the game, which surprisingly was amazing. Like you'd think, oh, maybe it's like it was a while in between, and they just wanted to whatever. It was really good. And then in after that, there was a long stretch of time that I know I didn't know. I don't know if there was any other iteration. I don't think there was. But there's a different developer now who's making a game called Road Redemption, which is like everything you love about Road Rash. Oh yeah, <laughs> you have to play this game. It's a you can get it on Steam. Um, so as I said, I was I had a gaming night uh, yesterday with a friend, and we like I love this game. It's so much fun. It's just like you're riding on motorcycles, you're getting like chainsaws and battle axes, yeah, and, and it's like an Uzi, and you're just like, and you're riding on rooftops, and there's like a storm of cars falling from the sky. And <laughs> if you liked Road Rash, and if you've never played Road Rash before in your life, I recommend playing Road Redemption. It's an incredible game. It's so much fun. That's dope. <laughs> you, uh, one developer you guys both got to check out like especially being in the animated industry they're called devolver i don't know if you heard of them but they go back to like the classic pixely type thing okay but i don't know i think it would just kind of spark your brain in different ways because it's just it looks like nintendo but it's so like extreme like whether it's like violent or like not even like violent they just do the weirdest like concepts and i'm like wow i Devolver. can't believe this is a fucking game <laughs> and, <laughs> nice and there's yeah. a lot of the, like you said there are a lot of these games that are just like they know their audience they're using yeah. the material but they are still going at like a newer a competitive way of gaming yeah yeah you guys did an episode of shit chat that was oh, about like, video games about all oh. about old school video games everyone was pixelated video well, game yeah because i think we were trying to think of um you know back in the day <laughs> when they would have video games based on movies that were out 
Oh and yeah. So we were oh, trying to think right. of like yeah. what would be horrible now. movies that Yo, would make horrible games. True Lies. I rented that. <laughs> <laughs> Super Nintendo. Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you know we came up with stuff like the Harry Met Sally game. Yeah. Like, like yeah. what could possibly the that sounds awful. The Notebook. The Notebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. They made a game like of Home Improvement too. I Are remember. you serious? I never played <laughs> it, but. Like, I seen it on the shelf, exactly and even as point. like a fucking eight year old, I'm like, no, I, this game, I'm not renting this shit. Oh, I want to play as Wilson. I wanna yeah, play as Wilson. yeah. Can you, can you be Al Borland? Is that? Like, I don't know. I think it was character? more like a Mario style like platformer, so but there's strange. just like you're running away it. from tools and. What console was know. this for? Uh, Super Nintendo. Okay. I have a thousand emulators on my computer. It must be in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you haven't gotten the NES Classic. Tool time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you like go back in time or something, and I have no idea. To, like, the Movie games were always the worst. And I, have you guys ever seen the uh, Jurassic Park game? It's not bad. That's, that was an amazing that game. That was actually, actually quite good. That was one of the. Oh yeah, Golden, Golden Eye. Okay. Oh, Golden Eye was like the classic for sixty. It was like it was one of the best games of all time. <laughs> Julie, have you seen uh, Golden Eye Source? It's no. brand new. Do you ha- guys have a PC? Yep. Okay, I don't have a PC, so I'm jealous of you. I have a Mac, <laughs> and I wish I had a PC. It's a free game because they can't technically sell it. But what they did was take exact replica of that game, multiplayer, every fucking thing, and a team of people made it HD. You can download it for free. Okay. And it's online. Nice. Everything. Like, you can just load it up. And the whole just, game. The whole game. That's very cool. And it has all the old maps, and then they took other areas of the single-player game and turned them into multiplayer maps as well. <laughs> so it's like GoldenEye on crack, HD, nice. and, <laughs> and fuck you for having a PC. I'm jealous. <laughs> Wah. We can have a gaming night if you <laughs> I'm coming over, and I might not go home. <laughs> and Goldeneye was amazing. That was a so many memories of playing that game. That oh yeah, fun. it's just everybody like Fucking had that proximity game. mines in the, <laughs> yeah. s- in the, in the bathroom stalls. Yeah, yeah, yeah everybody yeah. had their rules. Yeah, and I just hide in the, the vent, facility. and they'd be mad. It'd be oh, like an man. elimination round. They're like, get out of the vent. And I like, always had panic attacks playing that game. Somebody pops out of the vent, and yeah. like, where oh there's like hidden proximity mines in the facility, and the music too. Yeah, and you're like sneaking around and your buddy like just pops up and just snipes you and you're like oh you've been screen looking motherfucker (laughs) yeah exactly i I remember coming up with like hypothetical designs for a tv screen to like have cardboard coming out and so that nobody could see your screen you'd have to sit with your face (laughs) in like a cardboard (laughs) that's (laughs) genius before the internet (laughs) yeah Yeah. but like it is true it's a huge fault in the game is that people can see where it is (laughs) but that is like such a crazy fault of all those older games now but what's sad is people don't get together and play anymore yeah Yeah. Well, it's, I did yesterday. Well, did you? An example of people still getting together, playing games together. Yeah. It's beautiful. You're like a pioneer keeping it alive. <laughs> it's all about I actually respect it. Yeah. Nights. I need to have a LAN party. We used to have LAN parties in school, actually, yeah. playing Unreal. Oh, Unreal. That was fun. Unreal is one of my favorite Fuck. shooter games. I'm not, I'm not really huge into shooter games, but there's something yeah. about Unreal that was really good. It was just simple, and it felt good. 
simple. It was very complicated. <laughs> no, it's like you click and no, I mean like the rocket. concept was so like it wasn't like very compared to now. I'm saying yeah, I guess it was uh, like the gameplay was simple. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what it I was. Am, such man. a ridiculous concept. Was oh yeah, like, like storyline. I don't know what's going so on. There's so like absurd. some fucking. They're crazy like, aliens there's like a fucking guy jacked on steroids yeah, and they're just story. fighting each other yeah crazy <laughs> shit i want like spaceships with zero g and capture the flag in zero g and like these insane weapons and the latest mm-hmm. unreal had amazing vehicles and that's a lot of fun yeah you should bring him back all these like fucking old memories. <laughs> My heart's really warm right now. Yo, I got to work with the WE today and now I'm like yeah, thinking of awesome. old video games. I'm about to cry. <laughs> One of my favorite projects actually was uh, doing a game for uh, a show that, um, that I worked on. It was Dex Hamilton. I think I mentioned it earlier. It was like, this was a long time ago, but it was like an online flash game we made for CBC. Oh, and okay. Like, it's really crappy, but you can't play it on their site anymore. Like you can go to CBC Kids and it's there, but when you try and uh, create a login, it doesn't work. And it's very disappointing because like there was about seven or eight of us that worked on this game. And mm-hmm. we just, we like really, really loved working on this. It was, we beta tested it every day and I think oh, it's like, it was way too hard for kids because we just, <laughs> the two programmers You're like making it for with. yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. We were playing this and like, no, that's, we need to add more jellyfish in this area. Yo, that, that's like Mega Man though. It's like, it was, old Nintendo market all that shit for kids and you play it and it's so like hard. what the fuck <laughs> I'm like Contra, Battletoads I'm 31 like, now I can't fucking beat Battletoads yeah. <laughs> like are you insane that so is that like what you guys did like you guys intense. are just like making it and I don't like, think we made it to the level of Battletoads like I don't know if anybody out there listening has like <laughs> beaten Battletoads but I don't think so like it's quite I don't know, I guess I'm not that hardcore, but it was a really hard, hard game. You got to a certain point and you're like, oh man, I love this game, but I'm never going to ever get past this no, it's, level. It's like rated one of the hardest games of all time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, just for that one friggin' level, the, <laughs> the speed bikes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was essentially, we like, we rocked the game we were making every day. And so we got really good at it. And then made it harder and harder and harder and it was up to basically up to the programmers because they would just add more <laughs> of the shit we'd already made and yeah. like it was so much fun working on that though because it's like I was like the only flash animator on that so I'd be doing all of these like cycles and oh but the character needs to be able to turn around and grab this so I'd redo the part of the cycle where he'd do that and then hand it over to the programmers and we'd test it and be like oh no I had this little bit here and I'd tweak it a little bit I really wish I was able to work on more stuff like that sometimes it was, uh, that's cool and it was a show know, I'd yeah. worked on before so it was kind of fun to revisit awesome what was the name of the show uh, it was Dex Hamilton Alien oh, Entomologist yeah. the, the, the first one right yeah, 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 done? yeah. <laughs> it's Facebook and actually the the company I'm working for right now the um, one of the guys who started this company um, he uh, started this show back in the day and went to March Entertainment with the pitch and yeah so I'm working for him after all this time and it's really cool dope it's awesome yeah awesome <laughs> yeah so I'm getting super worried about these batteries <laughs> and this is like the choppiest episode I ever had but <laughs> Thanks for coming out, guys. Yeah, <laughs> Bring some batteries. Yeah, <laughs> next time. There, there actually used to be a plug for this thing, and um, it got, like, stolen or lost at a shoot. Oh, no. But um, I used to be able to just use two batteries, and it would last, like, 
a handful of episodes, and I've gone through like three packs. It's amazing. Try not to be. I don't know powerful. what it is. Yes, yeah. you guys are just electric, just yeah. sucking the juices sucking out the with your voices. knowledge and too many different voices. So, um, any last words? That's that sounds like a death threat. Um, what, <laughs> what did what did we learn today? Let's let's go around. What did we learn today? Takeaway. Um, Pacific Junction Hotels, pretty awesome. Uh, they've got. A pretty sweet uh, decor in the place, and <laughs> I'd actually never it. been in here before. It's awesome. It was really cool. Oh, awesome. Out. They'll appreciate that if they they're listening to this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sean with his Creative and Balance podcast and Girth Radio is has a pretty sweet setup here. Try the Girth Radio Logger. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just like hyping me up, like, <laughs> Julia. What did you learn? That's not about me. <laughs> I well, I mean, but it is like cool to hear your perspective and your experience. Oh, in. you guys! <laughs> oh. <laughs> but like in the context of like talking about animation and like even like the occasional like mention of like publishing and stuff like that, like it is like kind of cool to see that like there's so much overlap and we are doing a lot of the same thing. Definitely, I mean. you, cool. you know what's crazy too? Um, you've just nailed it with what I think about or what I have learned through this experience of doing not just this episode, but other episodes, like even people who are not related to animation, publishing, videography, comedy, like I've had like a musician in here and they could overlap with what we were talking about. Episode one, I had a porn star in here and strangely stuff kind of can connect like as like, artistic values and like if you can imagine that it's true but it's just what do we call that the creative balance yes (laughs) yo yo they're gonna cancel (laughs) that was my fucking boss um (laughs) thanks for bringing this in too i don't know it's kind of fun to have these two it's <laughs> it didn't used it to be feels like podcast, something like I could be. just fall back on. Creative I'm just gonna goes have like this from here huge like board of just like <laughs> different sounds, yeah, but yeah. all animal. <laughs> yeah, and um, before we leave, do you guys want to just like plug your stuff? Like, get, you guys got Twitter. You you guys were talking about um, oh, the YouTube shit and shit chat on YouTube. Absolutely. And I mean, um, oh man, I could plug everybody. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. Well, it's your uh, time to shine. One of the animators that works in our office right now, Brian Avenue, is like a great um, Toronto comic book artist. So awesome. Um, the Monstrosity Collection. Um, Check out the Monstrosity <laughs> Connection. He's part of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. I guess like I've, I'm pretty full time at the studio I'm at. It, like I said, the show I'm working on is called Dots on CBC right now. Check out Dots on of, CBC. <laughs> in terms of like friends stuff and stuff I like to work on with friends, check out Space Loaf online. Space Loaf. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of fun little indie projects going on. Shane mm-hmm. was also in the 48-hour film festival, which I definitely recommend checking out. Yes. It's very cool. Definitely. If it, does Shane have music online, too? Because yep. he's an incredible you, you, you composer. You Said It Brothers is his band. I don't know if that's I, the I don't know how to spell. Composer. I don't know how to spell his band, You Said It Brothers, but I trust Sean can maybe include that in. We'll so. find the link. <laughs> oh. That's out of... <laughs> I thought another battery died on me. That's, that's like the theme of the show. This isn't about animation or publishing yeah. or anything else. It's about batteries oh, dying. Yeah. And you know, it's a show about patience because we got yeah. through this shit. That's right. That's right. Endurance. 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 Yeah. But you were about to say something and I cut you off. I was going to say, check out 
all of the Creative Imbalance episodes. It's an awesome yes. podcast. Yeah, definitely. My friend Sean Sirianni. <laughs> Thank you. You guys, I, I always feel awkward when people are be, being really nice to me. It's like, oh. <laughs> I just don't know feel what to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Julia, where can people check out the books you have published? Oh, man. Um, you do school books, right? Go to schools. <laughs> go to the Canadian public school system. Uh, yeah. If I would plug anything right now, like definitely if you haven't already, like The Secret Path, it's on YouTube. You can see, you can listen to the album, you watch the watch the animation with it. It's it's so good. It's really well yeah. done. And, uh, yeah, it's, and such an, it's a cool project. I think like as a part of Canadian history, like I think every Canadian yeah, should agreed. see it. And that's amazing. Like I'll say what I learned. I didn't know you guys worked on that, which is fucking awesome. And right now I think it's like a huge fucking piece of Canadian music history yeah. and just everything around it. It's yeah. beautiful, man. And like just all of you keep doing your thing. You guys are fucking <laughs> superstars to me. Thanks, and thank man. you for thank coming you. in here. Thanks for having Thanks. us. Thank you all for listening to this episode. And once again, thank you to Corey Stokes, Julia Shanter, and Leah Solis from Solis Animation. Uh, I know we plugged a million things at the end, but check it all out. Throughout the show, Corey uh, also mentioned Shane Campbell, and we're going to hear one of his tracks from his band, the You Said It Brothers, and it's cool. I uh, I hit up Shane, and uh, I wanted to see what track he liked to play, and he sent us an exclusive unreleased one for you and the world to hear for the very first time and uh yeah i gave it a listen and it is fucking awesome and yeah i'm gonna shut up and we're gonna get into that right now thank you once again from everybody at girth radio and myself at the creative imbalance podcast i will catch you later this week peace Earth Radio.